Mindfulness Mode 513. My point is, even if you don't feel like having sex, you should do it anyway. Hey, Mindful Tribe, this is a great day because I have returning guests. And I don't just have any returning guests. I have some of the most fun guests and entertaining guests that I've had on my show. This is going to be so much fun. I have with me, now get ready, because last time it was episode 315, I've got with me today, I've got Patty and Sam Cullinane. So are you guys in mindfulness mode today? Yes, we are. Every day. And your mics are sounding great. So it's so good to hear your voices again. I remember when I interviewed you last time and we talked all about your book, Bigger Love, which yeah. you, and now you're releasing another book. Uh, yeah. So this is really exciting. And I had the pleasure of being able to read it, even though it hasn't been released yet to the public. And the book is called Marriage from Miserable to Magnificent. Dun, dun, dun. And, yeah, with <laughs> emphasis on magnificent, right, you guys? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so great to have you on the show. So anyway, uh, would you say you guys are in mindfulness mode today? Every day. Yep. I mean, every my day. mind is in a mode every day. <laughs> in a mode. <laughs> so is mine. And I know, I know, Sam, that you were in mindfulness mode because you just did a TEDx. And I was able to listen to that a couple of days ago. And what a great TEDx talk you did. And it sounded oh, like you were totally in mindfulness mode when you did it. Would you say you were? I, I think I couldn't have gotten through it had I not been. Uh, she actually so did, yes. she actually did a releasing technique before the ted talk where um the the mindfulness thought was um what was it my yeah my my mindful like my mantra kind of going on stage was that i love the audience no but there was... and that i oh and that i wanted to be imperturbable yep. so no matter what happened on that stage i would maintain my imperturbability and that's exactly what happened when the audio cut out six times. They had to change your mic out. And I mean, it was a disaster from an audio standpoint. <laughs> yeah, audio was bad. But it all came across on the part that I saw on YouTube. How do we find it? You can Google sex, the new wonder drug, and it will come up. Or, it's on, or you can it's also, on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube, but that's how you find it. You can also just Google my name, Sam Cullinane, and it will come up. Yeah. That's sex, it. the new wonder drug is more fun. What's, Way more fun. <laughs> Nothing wrong with your name, Sam. Your name's great, but sex, the new wonder drug. I, I would go with that. Yeah, yeah. because Cullinane, yeah. nobody knows how to spell that anyway. Yeah. Most, yeah. Um, but the, the funny thing about that is that she, she got, and she'll tell you, know, talk about her, how nervous and, and worked up that she gets to the point of having panic attacks and all that kind of thing. You'll never, you never notice it when she goes on no. stage and, it doesn't matter how many times I tell her I've, I've been, you know, you've never, ever noticed that you're like that when you get up on stage, you're awesome when you get up there. Um, and you know, you, you, you build all this fear up, you know, a lot of us have spoken publicly before and there's always it's some like, fear and nervousness it, around it's it. It's the and, number one fear Yeah, it, and above so, death. I read <laughs> and yeah. some people, some people have way more trouble with it than others. Um, but you know, and, and, in your support group, your friends, your family, and the people that are trying to help you are like, what's the worst that can happen? You'll be fine. So you go up there and you fall flat on your face. You forget everything. Who cares? You know, we say all these things to each other. Um, 
And Pat says that to me a lot because he has to deal with me practicing. I mean, I probably practiced this thing thousands of times over the course of two and a half years in different versions of it. But he, you know, Plus he I've has never, to suffer through all that. I've never <laughs> and seen my you, anxiety. I've never seen you fail. And when you do forget a line when you're singing or something like that, you just giggle and everybody laughs with you. And they're, and then that makes you even more uh, relatable because yeah, and more human. Exactly. So, and more endearing kind of to the, to the audience. So I knew that there was, but you can't say anything to the to people that are building up that internal yeah. anxiety. But the funniest thing, the reason the thing I wanted to say is, is when I asked the question, what's the worst thing that could happen? No, not once did it cross our minds that she would have to start and stop four different times. She'd have to walk off the stage and get her mic changed. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and how long was that booked? So they, they called me like in September. So I tried to get a Ted talk for, for all of last year and Uh I applied for a bunch in the beginning of the year and I didn't hear anything. And I thought to myself, Oh good. I'm off the hook kind of, you know, cause I know because it's so, it it is really a lot for me to get up on a stage. I feel so nervous and it, I put my family through a lot. So I thought, Oh good. It's just not meant to happen. And Mm -hmm. then I get the call. Oh, we've chosen you for our event. I think they called in September, August or September. And then the event was in November. So I had a couple of months to really prepare, but... We applied all over. We even applied in St. John. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was was kind of hoping she'd get that one because I've never been. Was it St. John? Yeah. St. John where? Newfoundland. St. John, Newfoundland. Okay. Oh, I thought you meant that. Oh, you even applied there. That would have been cool. To go yeah. there, but anyway, it was cool anyway, and it yeah, came it across. Good. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it came across. So let's talk about some of the science that you've put into your new book because your new book still has the charm that you two deliver. You know, you're you're human, you're real, you're personal, you share your real stuff, you're vulnerable. But then you've added science, so you go. He says, she says, they say. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So you must have had to do a lot of research. Am I right? Yeah, I've done a lot of research. In fact, I was giggling the book. You know, I'm just finishing the book and there are 196 bibliographical. Bibliographical. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) References. There's 196 references. So many, you can't even say it. (laughs) I can't even say it. But in each reference too, a lot of them will have like, five, six, seven different sightings of scientific. I, mm-hmm. I, I used some articles, some books, but m- the majority of what's in there are scientific research studies. So I got really deep into this um, research because we had a few um, scientists on our podcast mm-hmm. and that was really fun to interview them. And then even as we were interviewing other experts, we're like, gosh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in our book is backed by scientific research. We should like, and I got so excited about that. So I started researching and doing the writing because I thought, well, people have to know that it's not just us saying this, but that there's evidence that these things really work. She started pulling her book apart and saying, well, we say this, this, and this. I wonder if there's any studies that back that up. And then she'd go find the studies. And then she wouldn't allow me like, so, you know, we, we, we both wrote the book. And so the parts that I wrote, um, she would make me do research on them. Oh. And she wouldn't allow me to use articles or blogs or anything like that. Because they're that, not that reliable. Right. Sometimes, 
they say scientifically based and then you go try to find scientific evidence and there isn't any. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, the, I don't want you to use people's blogs or just people's opinions. I want it to be legit. Like, but this guy's a doctor and she's like, it doesn't matter. If he hasn't done a scientific study behind it, how does right. he know? <laughs> right. If it's not a scientific paper with a study. Yeah. Right. Well, you two are really the sex couple. And I didn't really announce this at the beginning, but uh, you guys are not only relationship coaches, but all through your book, you're talking about, you know, how to achieve good sex and, and how important it is. How important is it to have good sex in your relationship? It's extremely important. It's, it's always... It can be a maker or a breaker yeah. of a relationship. And I don't know that people realize that. In most relationships there's a minimum of one person where it's a really big deal, you know? And so, uh-huh. so what, what we like to talk about is that um, for the, even for the person that it isn't a big deal, let's figure out why, and then let's figure out how to, how to change that so that it's, you know, it's something that that's awesome for you as well. And that's well, kind of how it was for you for a while, wasn't it? Because that's what you talked about in your book, how Sam, you kind of shied away from it for quite a while, right? Yeah. Well, as from my TED talk, um, I didn't ever feel like having sex. I never felt horny. And so Patty would be trying to snuggle up and I'd be like, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. And I never felt like it. And I realized I never felt like it. And I still would sometimes, you know, have sex with them, um, which was also weird because I'd have sex with them and I'd be like, oh, that was great, you know. (laughs) But then the next time I'd be like, I still don't feel like it. Yeah. So um, then we did this experiment, which is... Um, we talk about it in the book. Yeah, we talk about it in yeah, the book. And that changed uh, everything for you, didn't it? It changed everything. Pat was it really, me. honestly, just that one experiment that changed everything in your marriage, in your sex life? Not our marriage. Our marriage, you know, there's a lot of facets to yeah. our marriage. But, yeah. this, but this did change our sex life drastically, which improved all the things that we were working on in our marriage too. It was like, it was like magic. (laughs) Well, I know what this magic is, of course, because I've read both your books and everything else, but I want to know this with all your research that you've done, have you ever found that a scientist or a researcher or somebody like that has come up with the same magic solution? Well, I think my magic salute, yeah, yes and no. There are scientists that say you need to be having sex often. Amy Muse is one. She's she's um, she's from Canada. Yeah, Toronto. she's from Canada. She's up at York University. Okay. She runs the sexual health and relationships lab. And she does a lot of work in this area of sex and long-term relationships. So I love her research. Mm-hmm. One of the things that she came up with was, you know, how much is how many time how much sex is enough? Because there's a lot of people who are out there preaching, you know, the more the better. Well, in her research, that's not necessarily true. In her research, she found out that you have to be doing it at least once a week for both partners to feel like they're having enough time connecting. So that's one of the aspects that she that she discusses in her research that I think is useful. But there's also this whole aspect of of people um, interacting with each other and feeling rejected. And so if there's a lot of rejection in the, in the interactions between the couples that causes, that causes issues in and of themselves. So when there's a lot of rejection, 
that's when people it it rejection is a block to intimacy both physical and emotional so if you if your partner is trying to initiate sex with you and you are constantly rejecting them it has been shown that the rejection just it is almost like an immediate blocked intimacy so then now you're having to navigate this block that's between you constantly because if one person's wanting to do it the other one's rejecting them it's i'm babbling but it's a pro it's a problem yeah and sometimes i'm sure the one person would just give up eventually yeah and i think you know there there is a lot of um there are a number of people who talk about sexless marriages and the difficulties with those um so there is some there's definitely some research out there that says it's great you know once a week is good all the research though says that if you're having a satisfying sex life that's contributing more to a happy marriage than any other factor meaning you could say i'm we're good friends and that you know our friendship is satisfying but if you don't have a, a satisfying sex life you're going to rate your marriage as less satisfying than not whereas with sex if you if you rate your sex life is satisfying but maybe your friendship isn't satisfying you're still rating your marriage as satisfying this is what i found in these studies which i would thought was eye opening yes. what's controversial for the way that i'm presenting it is that my point is even if you don't feel like having sex you should do it anyway and i think some of the people that talk about sexless marriages say something similar um, but I also have this idea of of not rejecting your partner because of that block to intimacy. So it's it what there isn't anybody saying specifically what I'm saying or how I'm saying it. But there are some people that are sort of saying similar things. Okay, yeah. So I I personally think you're being kind of modest. I think nobody is saying that <laughs> sort of magical solution that you guys did and worked for you. And do you think it'll work for like? many, many, many other couples out there? If they can. So this is my next book, Bruce. Thank you for leading. I, I'm going to uh, okay. write another book this year because we've done some trials, actually our own semi-scientific trials where we had different couples try our just say yes to sex for 30 days where they don't reject each other and see what happens. And depending on how far gone they are with resenting each other and you know, another thing that happens in relationships is people try to keep score, right? So oh. like say, I don't, I feel like having sex, but I choose to have sex. And then I'm like, well, what are you doing for what, what do I get out of it now? Like, what are you going to do for me? So we've had situations where if that's too far gone and they can't get their mindsets out of that kind of keeping score and or resentment, then it doesn't work as well. It does still kind of work though. So, and, and people that engaged in it fully and followed these rules that I kind of came up with again, like don't keep score. Remember that this is not just for your partner. This is for you, your own health, because there are so many health benefits to sex as well. And just your happiness and your overall life satisfaction and you live longer. So it's all of these things to try to keep a mindset of really going into the sexual experience, open to it. Altruistically so, for your partner, but also for yourself and for your relationship. If we if we can get if they can get their heads around that mindfully, like this is a mindful thing. Yes. And there's, there's, then, there's, then it works. There's people. It's amazing. There's people. Sorry, baby. There's people out there who, <laughs> you know, may have physical reasons why, and it's 
you know, there's a, what we're talking about is, is mostly for the majority. We know that there's a minority that, it, you know, sometimes this stuff doesn't work. Right. Okay. Yeah. They have a physical reason why it's not working. Yeah. Well, so we've alluded to what your magical solution is, but let's just spill it. Just go right ahead and tell it. Which one of you is going to tell us? Is that you? Tell the story. Is that you, Patty? Yeah. So, I I mean, ultimately, and this is, this is how we got to where we got to do the experiment, but she was rejecting me. And, um, and I asked her because we, we've always had great sex. So there wasn't really an issue there. Um, but I asked her, I was like, if we ever had sex and you, um, you know, you regretted it. In other words, you lay there and like, Oh, I can't believe I just did that. And she said, well, no. And I'm like, because it seems like, you know, unless you're faking it, you're having a just as good of a time as I am when we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and she, and she thought about it for a minute and she goes, well, that's, that's true. And so, and I said, well, then why not just say yes? If, you, if you're not going, you already know you're not going to regret it based on past experience, then why not just say yes? And, uh, and at the time, she's like, well, because I'm really tired and I just want to go to sleep. I'm yeah, because like, I don't want to have sex when I don't want to have sex. And I'm like, right. you kind of already are. And let me just ask you this question because it's nine o'clock. You're going to get nine hours of sleep. What if you could have enjoyable sex and still get eight hours and 45 minutes of good sleep? I mean, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's not all you said. <laughs> oh, well, and then I used to, I also used to trick her too, where, and I could only get away with this some of the time, but I'd be like, well, I'm just going to go down on you for a little while. You go ahead and go to sleep. And she never fell asleep, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are we allowed to say that on this? Yeah. Podcast? Yeah. You are. Yeah. You, I just read it in your book a few minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> so at the, at the end, at the end of the day, um, and this is a lot what her TED talk is about. It's, you know, there's, there's a, we have this thing called libido and women's, the significant percentage of women's libidos don't work like men's. And a man mm-hmm. sees a hot girl walk by and they're like, Ooh, I'm kind of horny now. Whereas women don't always work that way. So, you know, sometimes it takes a little effort on our part to get them going so that they'll keep going. You know, <laughs> but that also requires the, and it's not just women. Men can also have this is scientifically called responsive desire, where something sexual already has to be going on in order for us to ever feel horny. Right. So me never wanting to have sex wasn't because I never wanted to have sex. It's because I didn't know that my libido worked in a different way. Most women have responsive desire. Some women, some men also have responsive desire. So as long as you know that, then you can be like more willing to let your partner try to turn you on so that you will ever feel horny and want to have sex. You have to be open to letting them do that and recognizing that your libido works in a different way. It was like mind blowing for me. And almost nobody knows about this, which is why I did the TED Talk. Why even though I get so nervous and I don't like doing that, I thought it was so important to share that message. And there are other people out there sharing that message. Emily Nagoski is amazing. She wrote this book, Come As You Are. I highly recommend everybody read it. I mean, it's one of the reasons, it's one of the things that I was like, oh my God, everything she's talking about scientifically is what we experienced in our relationship. Together, She Comes First. Is that one? That's another one that you That's read. Ian. That's Ian Kerner. But it's kind of based on the same principle. He doesn't really go into... No. no, he's ta- no, he talks about that's more about how men can pleasure women. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cut to the chase. I, I'm going to tell Mindful Tribe that I was at an event and I met Sam and Patty personally. And 
And uh, Sam just reached down and she handed me her book. She picked up her book and she said, here, Bruce, take my book. And mm-hmm. I took it home and I read it on the, on the flight home. And I thought it was just great. I thought it was so much fun to read and it was an eye opener. And so if any of you listening out there are thinking, well, you know, I don't really have that much sex in my life and I wish that we had more sex, you know, in my, our marriage or whatever it is, you've got to read this book. And the book is coming out on uh, the 25th, February 25th. So by the time you hear this podcast, that book is going to be out. Yes. And the book is called Marriage from Miserable to Magnificent, because there's a whole story there about how your marriage really did almost completely fall apart and end. Yeah. Wow. That was sad. And then it came back and became magnificent. Now, you guys have something to share that's exciting in your lives, and I can't wait to hear what it is. So which one of you is going to tell me about this? Patty's going to tell you. <laughs> Patty, I can't wait to hear. Yeah. So I got a, a Facebook message request about a week ago, uh-huh. eh, maybe nine days, eight or nine days ago. And um, it was somebody that I knew before I met Sam. Um, and cutting to the chase, uh, she 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 had been pregnant when I dated her um, or became that way and then moved back with her ex-boyfriend and said the the kid was his. And so I'd never hadn't heard from her, but anyway, fast forward to almost 24 years later and she there's with 23 and me and ancestry.com and these, you know, the wonder of these genealogy tests. I, uh, I found out that I have a daughter who just had kidding. We just had a kid a month ago and uh and when she did the the test one of the people that was paired up with her was this guy in chicago and uh she reached out to him and he's like well i was adopted so i don't know who my my uh father is and she's yeah. like well we're related so i was a common thread there so in about five days time i gained a daughter a granddaughter and a brother <laughs> oh you're kidding no, it was, it's awesome. I mean, so wow, we're super excited because we were nowhere even near. There isn't even a gleam in either of our kids' eye when it comes to like having grandkids. And uh, we, became, even though they're old enough, yeah, <laughs> even yeah. Though they're old enough. <laughs> yeah. so, they don't want kids and they're not going to get them accidentally. So, yeah, okay. so it was, it's so cool. Anyway, I mean, so I you have it. a brother you didn't know about. Yeah. So yep. how, tell me about that. Um, I've chatted with him some on Facebook, uh, but he apparently my dad, you know, hooked up with somebody and got them pregnant in college and she didn't really remember much about it, but she put the kid up for adoption. And uh, yeah, so I got a brother that's three years older than me. <laughs> wow. And you have a brother and who else? You have a daughter, daughter, daughter. and a grandkid and a and granddaughter, a granddaughter. Wow. And when are you going to be? That is fantastic. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. Like instant awesome family. (laughs) When are you going to be meeting them? We We already did. Oh, you already met them. Yeah. It turns out they live only three hours from us. So we drove down there and took them to dinner. And I fell um, madly in love with that little baby. My brother yet personally, but, um, you know, they, I think he lives in Chicago and they may be coming to, um, the area in the fall. So I don't know. We'll eventually meet. I know we will. So, but wow. Yeah. His daughter 
reminds us a lot of our other daughter and her husband's adorable. We just fell in love with the whole, all three of them. So they're coming to stay with us this weekend. Anyway, it's crazy, crazy of a week is last week. That was was. last week. Yeah. This This all just happened. That was just last week. We just met them last weekend. We have never, I talk about imperturbable. I've, I've never been anything but excited and, um, you know, grateful. Yeah. And that's my mind's been my mindset from the beginning. It's like, I don't know, maybe this is a perfect time in my life for this to come along, but I love it. <laughs> Me too. That is very exciting. So you guys do live events and you do retreats and do you, do you do like counseling sessions with couples, that kind of thing? We do it occasionally. We mostly do it um, for charities. So you can usually bid on them for different charities that we do work for. Um, but we don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching. Um, we do some speaking, we do some couples retreats, but we don't, we don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching. It's it's not, it's not that we also have, we have other jobs. So this is like our side gig. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not that, that we won't do it. I mean, we've, we've, we've ended up, you know, coaching several of our friends or they'll call us and ask if they can talk and yeah, absolutely not a problem. And, and we're open to it, but we just don't really want to monetize it or try to, you know, start i mean like like sam said we've got a lot of other shit going on and so <laughs> and you're going to be at growth movement now yeah. growth now, yeah. growth now, growth movement. now movement i better get yeah. the words right growth now movement live.com you can check it out i'm going to be there too we're we're going to be movement that's right. gonna be so fun i'm so excited it's it is in reading pennsylvania in reading pennsylvania yep. yes now it sounds way better when you say it patty try that again reading pennsylvania it's uh <laughs> it is the hot spot in all of uh the eastern united states that a lot of nobody knows about <laughs> yeah 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 people don't know about it but i went last year and i loved yeah. it and i'm looking forward it's a to cool little town. going this year no yeah it yeah. is it is it's a nice place to go so marriage from miserable to magnificent so what did you include in this book that was really eye-opening and and really it, it was really something that you just can't wait to get out there for all of us to read there's the chapter four, which we've already talked about on the sex side of it, but I've added some some mm-hmm. stuff to this uh, this book that it wasn't in the other book, and it's basically you know we talk about and I was I was the guy always asking ten times so that Sam would say yes once, um, but mm-hmm. I'm I just turned fifty three this year and some things start going on with our own testosterone levels and our own libido, and uh, and I didn't want to be that guy. I've never. I don't fault anyone that takes a blue pill. I have no problems with that whatsoever. Fantastic. Whatever. I just didn't want to have to go the pharma route if I didn't have to. And so I did some research on natural ways uh, that improve that situation drastically that I share in the book. And I'm pretty excited about that because it's, it's one of those things. It's a little bit, you know, being a masculine, I am man. And it's like, men don't want to always share the fact that, you know, sometimes this stuff happens. Well, it's not sometimes. It, <laughs> yes. it does. Yeah. Your libido changes happen, throughout yeah. your life for all but kinds it, of reasons. But, but it's yeah. something that happens to other guys. No, it happens <laughs> well, to all of them. Well, <laughs> Nobody wants well, to Well, I love what you said, it. said in the book, and you didn't call it erectile dysfunction. You have your own name for it. So tell us that. Well, I, I call it... Uh, there's the testosterone, there's balancing your testosterone. And then I also, to me, there's, there's a difference. Like you can sometimes tell. So I call it boner quality. <laughs> BQ. Uh-huh. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 So, and and then you so you went on these natural, well, they were basically like herbs, natural herbs that you mm-hmm. took. And you took them for about a month, didn't yeah. you? I did kind of the we have a friend named Shotgun Approach. We have a friend named Hal Elrod <laughs> who wrote a book called Miracle Morning. I think you've have you interviewed him before? I've read yeah. it. Yeah, I've read it. And yeah, his, it's a his great book. Approach was is I need to do create these habits. And he went and read all these successful habits of different, you know, millionaires. And then he decided to just do all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> when I started reading about all these different herbs, I'm like, I'm doing that Hal Elrod approach. I'm just gonna take them all. And so right. <laughs> I don't know if I mean I'm sure you need to consult your doctor and do yeah, those kinds of things and probably find that. out about contraindications. I just didn't do any of it, but I didn't have any side effects, so and so, he had but you said you had good results. Yeah, had great results, for sure. results. In fact, I didn't for almost almost two years. I didn't take any of them again. So, so you took this stuff for one month, yeah. and then for about two years, it seemed to make a difference. Yeah, no, it tapered off, and I didn't really notice a a, a big. I didn't notice. I didn't have so, so the other thing is to me there's like almost a, there's a vicious circle that happens because stress is a major major libido uh, killer right so yeah as soon yeah. as you start stressing about oh my man maybe I'm not going to be able to perform or you know I'm going to lose my performance indicator <laughs> your boner <laughs> yes yeah that adds more stress and what do you do about that, that? St- how do you use mindfulness in your in your favor well that's that's a whole nother thing. That's probably where you get into, you know, Tantra and there's all kinds of different things that you can do along those lines. But um, for me, at that time, I, I added stress to the mix of what was already going mm-hmm. on. So I think if anything, call it a placebo, call it whatever you want. But what it did definitely do was remove that stress. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I've noticed just a small change um, in the last few months. And so I started taking them again and problem went away again. So. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. good. And, and how many different things were you taking? Are there like five? Um, I, there's seven or I it's think it's seven, seven or eight, well, seven, or, seven or eight of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, well, it tells all about it in your yeah. book. And I, when we yeah. highlighted probably five of them, I think. No, I went through all of them. You changed what I wrote. Yeah. I had to do a little more research because I felt like if we're going to put it in there, we might as well know what these things do. That's how this book works. I do a bunch of research. I put it in there. I'm like, this is good. This is perfect. This gives people a snapshot of what's out there. And Sam's like, it's not enough. And then she goes and changes it all. (laughs) Well, I love science and Pat's bored by it. So that makes it like... Like there's three studies in there. Maybe we're Mm. complimenting each other. Well, let me, the result. I really wanted them to put her name first on the cover of this book because she's put so much more work into this one than I have, but she wouldn't let uh-huh. me change it. It should say Sam. Oh, Cullinan. so it says Patty and it Sam. Yes, yeah, it says Patrick Cullinan and Samantha Cullinan, but it should say the other way around. It might. I don't know. We'll see. I told Dean. Oh, I see. So it's still still yeah, open. It still may I, happen. The final book actually today will be the day that the final manuscript is finished. So we'll see what it looks like yeah. today. I'm gonna try to talk her into switching. Okay, well, this is a big day. Her names around. It needs to happen. Yeah. It's the truth. <laughs> well, I know that we can go to marriageM2M.com to directly grab this book. And of course, the M2M stands for Miserable to Magnificent. So marriageM2M.com. 
So check it out. But you guys also have a podcast called The Not So Perfect Couple. Why do you call yourselves The Not So Perfect Couple? Because, Bruce, there's no such thing as perfection. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be every couple. Exactly. Yeah, because I think every couple can relate to that. And yeah, I think and so. And I think it's it's misleading to say it's a perfect relationship. You know, we have actually we have really good friends that that run a a website and they have great they do coaching and they do, you know, kind of more hands-on stuff than we do called legendary couples. And we we've had conversations with them about how intimidated people are to talk to them about their their relationship issues because they're like, well, we have this legendary relationship and people are like too too hesitant to talk to them. And we're like, Oh, that's brilliant. Let's just name ours. What we are not perfect. It, no yeah. matter how great your relationship is, it's still, you're somewhere on the, you're somewhere on the spectrum perfect. spectrum of between imperfect and not perfect Everybody's... or miserable to magnificent. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that that's, we call it that. Plus, you know what else is we we're big on humor and imperfections freaking funny. Yeah, it is true. It's not funny to be perfect. No, that's boring. Boring. (laughs) Yeah. So we and you guys are. And we talk a lot about what's you know not working right and what we're trying to make. Yeah. Make it work. It's trial and error. There's there's trial and error, and even I mean we've all been parents, so even the things that you try when you're being a parent, they might they that work. They usually only work for a little while until the kid gets onto it, catches onto it, right? So, yeah, and then you have to change your strategy. And the same same with thing the relationship. With relationship. <laughs> I mean, you can try a new trick, and you're like, "Wow, that trick works really, really well." And then, and, you know, a couple months later, you're like, eh, "Not so much." And so, what was your funniest episode? Your funniest interview, or your funniest episode you ever did on the Not So Perfect Couple podcast? I think the most interesting one that was kind of more this one's more in left field and i think people did think it was funny is the one that's called my penis is a dick yeah we interviewed a guy <laughs> i have not heard it's that a one. Good one we we interviewed a guy named horatio who was the author of this book which is my penis is a dick it's a okay animated kind of kind of like a cartoon book what are those called comics it's like a comic book and it's talking okay. about his relationship with his dick and how his dick's always getting him, his penis is always getting him in trouble, having him make mm-hmm. bad decisions. And it's hilarious. And then when we got them on our on our podcast, the him and his wife are in what they call the lifestyle. So this means that they have other sexual partners besides each other, which we uh, found fascinating. So well, of course it's, it's, we get into it means it's it's a broader spectrum than that. It basically there's there's people from all over, you know, that people used to say, oh, you're swingers. And it's sometimes it's not like that. Some people that like a, a third, you know, as far as a woman goes, other people just like people to watch them or they like to watch other people. But it's that that kind of something with, or this like Horatio and his wife, they they consider themselves to be openly monogamous. Right. So they might fool around with other people, but they're always together when they do it. And um, they talked about different resorts where they go and stay and how there's a whole bunch of people that are in this lifestyle. So it's a fascinating, it's fascinating. And what's interesting, you know, you hear a lot of people these days talking about how marriage is a dead, you know, institution and it's going away. And and it is true. A lot less people are getting married these days. and um. Anyway, that that podcast and the couple that are right after it were pretty funny. And then we did one where we 
went to this Russian spa in San Francisco. We talked, I don't remember which podcast that yeah, one I don't know was. Which podcast that one was. That one was pretty funny. His experience in and of itself was funny. <laughs> and so are you guys into this new lifestyle now? No, but we did go to one of the resorts over the Christmas holiday. Yeah. And uh-huh. we witnessed, like we met a whole bunch of people in the lifestyle and we, and we witnessed kind of what of they did. We, and... Yeah, we kind of treated it like research because again, I'm if I'm writing okay. a book about sex, which I am, it was fascinating. So, yeah. but right. we're we we we're not in the lifestyle. We, but we loved all the people we met there. They were really the biggest conglomeration open, of non-judgmental, non-judgmental people I've ever hung out with. It's awesome, sweet, <laughs> fun. I mean, there's there must be something about taking your clothes off because this is, these are clothing optional resorts. This was you know, yeah. where if you take off all your clothes, I guess you don't have. There's there's not a lot of there's all shapes and sizes. Nobody judges anybody and Judgment. Uh, ah. super fun. Yeah. We met. That's quite interesting. Yeah, we so met the, great people and had a lot of fun. And the podcast before we went and then the one after we got back where we talked about that. I, those are, those, those are my three favorites. But those ones are called clothing okay. optional. Part okay. one and part two, I think. Okay. I'll go back and check it out. And Mindful Tribe, you might want to too. The Not So Perfect Couple is the name of the podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at the time. Yeah, we've got to wrap this up. This is so much fun getting together with you guys and talking to you about all this. It's it's very interesting. And I'm going to be seeing you again in Reading, Pennsylvania. I, know, I can't excited. wait for that. I'm excited to see Growth, you again. Growthnowmovementlive.com. Check it out if you want to attend a very cool event. And it's it's not huge. It's a it's a smallish event where you'll meet lots of fun people and you'll hear great people from the stage and there'll be fun events at night. And I can tell you, Justin is awesome. I interviewed Justin Shank and he interviewed me and and uh, it's going to be a great yeah. event. So, yeah. So it's so great to talk to you guys again. And uh, you too. Thanks you know, for having on, us on. on the yeah, my pleasure. On the last episode, when I interviewed you before, and that was 315, and it was called Find Bigger Love with Relationship Coaches Patrick and Sam Cullinane. Well, that is where you can go and you can find all my normal questions that I ask about bullying and, you know, about what do you recommend as far as book and let's talk about breathing and all that. But today was just more of a just a, a casual chat to talk about your new book, Marriage from Miserable to Magnificent, coming out on February 25th. So good luck with your new book. I hope it sells like zillions of copies. Thanks. My mindfulness mode tip for your tribe is, is to always keep an open mind because you never know what life's going to throw at you. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. That is so true. Well, you guys have a great rest of your day and uh, get that manuscript finished and sent in. Yeah, we're going to get it done. Thanks for having us on, Bruce. This is great. (laughs) My pleasure. Yeah, it is. Take care. Bye now.